listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I was praying in the Holy Ghost yesterday uh, for pretty much the whole trip from Florida to here to Pennsylvania um, and watching Brother Hagin, watching uh, some different videos, watching my father preach, watching Brother Hagin preach and others. And um, my spirit started uh, just getting extremely like stirred up. You know, when you, when you get to that place where you just feel like you feel like you could just take off running. You know, you're so encouraged in the Holy Ghost. You feel like you just take off running. Um, and as I was praying in the Holy Spirit, which, you know, that's one of the things the Holy Spirit does too. If you read the Bible, Paul told the Corinthians that the Holy Spirit will actually, when you pray in the Spirit, you're actually encouraging yourself and Lord, building yourself up, edifying yourself, um, one translation says. And so I was just doing that praying in the Holy Ghost, watching that preaching and teaching. And uh, the Lord started to speak to me. And then the moment I opened my eyes this morning uh, to get ready to talk to you, the Holy Spirit confirmed it strongly this morning. And um, this was the, this was what I got was that um, believers, even people that consider themselves Pentecostal, charismatic believers, believers now more than ever before need to employ their confession, use their confession of faith. You know, there's power in our words. And I've been blown away a little bit talking to some people that you're like, man, I thought they were a faith person, or I thought they were, you know, a Holy Ghost person. And you hear some of the stuff they say, and it's like, there's no faith on that whatsoever. That's a, that's a wrong confession. I would never let that come out of my mouth. And the reason you feel like that is because you know, be, saying what God said is vital. It's absolutely vital. And uh, before, so saying all that, I'm going to say this. This week, I'm going to take these five sessions today through Friday in the morning, and I'm going to give you 50 life-changing confessions that you must speak over your life, that you must speak over your life. And um, I'll give you 10 each day. But I know 50 is a lot. We're going to help you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take these 50 and I'm going to put them into PDF format. And then there'll be, um, you know, you'll be able to download these uh, to keep for yourself. Keep them on your phone. Keep them on your tablet. You can even print them out and keep them with you wherever you go. Um, But I'm going to include the confessions. And then also, like we do with the prayer points, the verses of Scripture that go with the confessions, where we're getting that from the Bible. Because obviously our confessions should be created by the scripture. We're not just making stuff up. We're not just making things up. This is from the word of God. And so I'm going to give you the confessions and the scriptures that back up the confessions. And it needs to be something we do often, daily. And I'm serious about that, daily. And uh, allow things that you hear or see to trigger those confessions in yourself. You know, if the enemy tries to attack your body with um, sickness of some kind or whatever, 
it should trigger your faith confessions about what you know and believe about healing, strength, and anointing for your physical body. No question. The enemy tries to put symptoms on you, pain on you, stiffness, whatever it might be. That's when your confession should pop out. And you should start declaring what the word of God says over you. What if the um, what if the enemy tries to start making you feel guilty or ashamed about who you used to be, your past, what people call BC, before Christ? What if the enemy starts reminding you of those things? Because the Bible does refer to him as the accuser of the brethren. What do you do? Do you just start to feel guilty and ashamed and stop praying because you feel unworthy? No. You break out your faith confession and you start to say what God said about you. Say what God said about you. And um, before we jump into our confessions for today, let me read you a few verses of scripture to set this up because it should come from scripture. And so um, I want you to go with me to Proverbs chapter 18. Good morning, Julie and Leslie. I'm excited for it too. It's going to be great. Proverbs chapter 18, um, and I want to read verse 21 to set us up on this. The Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Let me say that again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Okay, now let's jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 13, what does this say? 2 Corinthians 4.13, Paul writes, Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. All right, so there it is. Paul said we've got the same spirit of faith. Same spirit of faith. So what does the spirit of faith do? The spirit of faith believes and then speaks what it believes. Doesn't speak what's going on. It speaks what it believes, right? And what we believe is governed by the word of God. So when something uh, comes that contradicts the word of God, what am I doing? Because I've got the spirit of faith, I am saying, I am confessing what I believe. I believe, therefore I speak. This doesn't happen often enough among believers. People let their confession slide. It's a mistake. Let me say this. The manifestation of your faith will never rise beyond your confession. That is something I want you to write down. That is something I want you to put in the comments today because it is vital. The manifestations of your faith, breakthroughs, whatever, miracles, the manifestations of your faith will never rise beyond the level of your personal confession, ever, ever. Because the way you release faith is by speaking in action. And many people, they're not going to take actions uh, to do things that they don't believe. And what you speak is proof of what you believe, 
What you speak is proof of what you believe. So as people are writing it in the comments, the manifestations of my faith will never rise beyond the level of your personal confession, ever. They never will. So that's why death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's why the spirit of faith speaks, speaks, speaks what it believes. Amen. And then let's go to, uh, quickly, before we get into the confessions, the words of Jesus, because this is also very important. The disciples in Mark chapter 11 had just seen Jesus perform a miracle by speaking. He cursed the fig tree, commanded it to die, and it withered up from the roots, withered up from the roots. And the disciples were amazed, you know, Lord, verse 21, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. The disciples are amazed by this, that Jesus can speak something and it come to pass, that he can speak something and it come to pass. And then Jesus answers, verse 22, have faith in God. Verse 23, truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and be thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Now, Jesus gets to praying in the 24th verse, but I want you to notice something that in the 23rd verse, Jesus is not doesn't mention prayer. He's not talking about praying. He's talking about speaking. You notice that. He's not talking about praying. He's talking about speaking. He says, whoever says to this mountain, I'm not praying if I'm speaking to a mountain. I'm not praying. I'm speaking. I'm confessing. I'm declaring. Then he gets to prayer in the 24th verse. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. Glory to God. Believe when, so here's a question for you, and I know you know the answer. When do you believe you receive? And I do want you to answer that in the comments. When do you believe you receive? Put it in the comments. You're praying, you're asking God for something. So when do you believe you receive? see who the first person is that gets this. Leslie Joy said, immediately. That's right. Not when it happens. That's right, Erica, when you pray. Not when it comes to pass. Not when you see the manifestation. I believe I receive when I pray. When I speak. When I ask. That's right, Barbara. When I confess. When I ask. When I pray. I don't wait until the manifestation happens to believe it. I believe it when I speak it. Amen. And that's what he's saying here. In the 24th verse, he says, uh, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, that it's already done, that you have received it, and it will be yours. Glory to God. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, thrown into the sea. And so there's a premium in the spirit of faith we put a premium on the power of our confession. Jesus taught it. I know there's people that don't believe this. 
They think it's some new age practice. They don't believe it. Well, you're going to have to explain it to Jesus. I've even talked to people, they, they have a hard time with it. And then they'll go through the Bible and talk about different passages of scripture. They'll never address what Jesus said in Mark 11. This, this is a teaching from Christ to his disciples that is specifically about speaking those things that are not as though they were. Amen. When Jesus spoke to the tree, it was fully alive, fully producing leaves and everything like that. It was, it was not dead. It didn't have fruit on it because it wasn't alive. It was alive. And then he spoke and then it was dead. He said, speak to the mountain. Well, the mountain's there when you're speaking to it. But he said, if you'll speak to it and doesn't, don't doubt in your heart, believe what you say will come to pass, it'll be done. It'll be cast into the sea. Amen. And so there is a premium. We're putting a premium on the power of our confession. Don't let your confession slip or slide. Don't fall backwards off your confession. Don't do it. Don't allow yourself to go through something, to experience something, and start uh, putting out a negative confession, a doubt confession. Well, I guess, you know, I am getting older. These things happen, people, you know. You know, you can't stay strong forever. You can't stay healthy forever. I mean, at some point, we got to die. Am I right? You know, people start talking like that. Don't talk like that. You're getting stronger. Hallelujah. And so to help you, I'm going to put, um, I'm going to give you 50 faith confessions. Now, there's more than that. I mean, maybe I'll release a book or something with 101 or something like that. But I'm going to give you this week 50 of them. And then we'll include a PDF at the end of the week that you can download uh, and get for yourself, keep for yourself on your uh, devices to pull these out at any time and begin to speak it by faith, knowing what I'm saying is lined up with God's word. And that's the key. That's why we're going to also give you the scriptures. What we're saying is lined up with God's word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's get started. Uh, go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 13. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 13. And this is something, now of course you know this is uh, the Lord speaking to his people, the Hebrew people. Um, but remember something now, we live under a better covenant that's established upon better promises. There's nothing God did for his people in the Old Testament that will be better or go beyond what he will do for his people in the New Testament covenant. Or else Jesus might as well not have come. Might as well not have come. Because why would you take away something? If they had it better, then why, why should we get another covenant that's not as good as that one? No. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews said in the eighth chapter, we have a better covenant established upon better promises. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 28, 13 brings us to our first faith confession. You ready? Verse 13 says, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall only go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. So our first confession is because I'm obedient, 
I'll always be the head and never the tail. I'll always go up and I'll never go down. That's our first confession. Because I'm obedient, I will always be the head and I'll never be the tail. I will always go up and I'll never go down. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, you need to confess that on a daily basis. Thank you, Lord, that because I'm obedient, I will always be the head and I'll never be the tail. I will always go up and I'll never go down. I'll never diminish. It's promotion only. It's promotion only. I'll always be the head and never, you'll always be the top worker at your job. You'll always be the best one there. I'll, because I'm obedient, I'll always be the head and never the tail. I'll always go up and I'll never go down in Jesus' name. And I mean, you need to say that because one thing I'm realizing more and more, <clears throat> and, and it's a sad thing, but many people did not grow up with the ability to hear positive things being spoken to them by their parents, grandparents, peers. Their family didn't talk like that. Their family spoke things that were contrary to God's word. Many people, they didn't have um, a confident view of themselves because people always told them, you're stupid, you're an idiot, you never get anything right. You know, I don't know, what, what are you even doing? You're so dumb. You know, that's people hear that their whole life. And then because people hear that their whole life, they when they become a Christian, it's hard to let go of that stuff because it's been ingrained in you for 18, 25, 30, 40 years. And it's all you've heard from your family. And people have to switch that mindset around so that you know, you're not taking that as your truth and think, well, you know, I am, I am a screw up. You know, I am. No, you're always the head. You're never the tail. You'll only go up. And you'll never go down because of your obedience in Jesus' name. And people think, well, you know, I, I do screw up all the time. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, nothing's going to go right for me. Nothing ever goes right for me, you know. And I'm telling you, it's, it's people deal with that. And I understand they do. And, and because we do, it's time to renew our minds. The Bible says that we have to uh, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Do not conform to this world system, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You renew your mind by the washing of water of God's word. The book of Ephesians tells us that. He cleansed the church, God did, Christ did, by the washing of water by the word. The word of God cleanses your mind. The word of God renews your mind. And so that's why we're doing these today. Stop saying that stuff. Like, oh, you know, if I never had bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. Stop saying that stuff. You know, how you doing? <clears throat> oh, I'm, you know, I'm hanging in there. I grew up hearing that from people all around my area in West Virginia. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm hanging in there, buddy. How about you? Oh, we're hanging out with you. Stop talking like that. Stop saying what everybody else says. Say what the Bible says. And the Bible says, you'll always be the head. You'll never be the tail. You'll never be the tail. You'll only go up and you will not go down. You'll only go up and you will not go down in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Susie said, that was my childhood. My dad would always say to us, you're a stupid outfit. 
You're a stupid outfit. And people hear that stuff for their whole life. No. Now that you're a believer, you declare it. I'm always the head. I'm never the tail. I'll only go up and I'll never go down. In Jesus' name, never-ending increase is mine in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so that's good. And Angie said, I taught this to my boys at a very young age. She's flipping the script. What she uh, had to hear, they're not going to hear. So they'll never have to deal with uh, the process that she dealt with to now know I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm only going up. I'm not going down. And, you know, repetition is important. Repetition is important. I remember when I was, uh, hey, Taylor, I remember when I was in Spanish class in high school. And um, our teacher was very adamant. I will not speak to you in English. I will only speak to you in Spanish and immerse you because the repetition of what you hear from me is going to be the only way that you learn this because we're not going back to Spanish speaking homes. So she had to immerse us as much as possible in Spanish while we were in that class. So even if you had to go to the bathroom, you were not allowed to leave the, leave the classroom unless the repetition of hearing that you could ask her to go to the restroom in Spanish. The repetition makes you keep it. The repetition is very important. You got to hear it again and again and again and again. That's why it even matters for you to hear it out of your own mouth. Your ears are still hearing you speak it out of your own mouth. That's why even at our church, we don't just flippantly give our offerings to the Lord. Even at our church, every time we're about to give, I have our people, we lift our offerings to the Lord and we declare it. I'm the head and I'll never be the tail. I'm always above. I'll never be beneath. Hallelujah. And we go through a whole confession. Why? Because we're not doing this flippantly. It's important. It means something. And so, because it's our worship for God, it's our way of life and not a hobby, not some little side hustle. We're doing this with our life. We're serious about what we say and how it comes out. And so, number one, first confession today, I am the head and not the tail. I'll only go up. I'll never go down. Say it on a daily basis and know it from the word of God. It's not just for the people in the Old Testament. It's for you. It's for you and it's for me. Number two, let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5, this is a big one that I dealt with during this overflow weekend. As we're on the subject of people hearing uh, negative things about themselves and having to sit there and get through what they've believed about themselves or heard about themselves for their whole life. And then to stack on top of that, then the devil comes in, you know, as soon as you get saved, well, nothing changed in your life. You're the same mess. You're the same, you know, you're the same person you've always been and blah, 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 blah. Nothing changed about you that don't believe that hype at the altar and all. That's a lie from the devil. And our second confession comes from 2 Corinthians 5.17. And we know it. Therefore, if anyone, morning, Tim, morning, Ben. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old life has passed away. And behold, the new life has come. One translation says, 
all things have become new. If any man, if any woman is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old life is gone. And what? Behold, all things have become new. So our second confession is, because I'm in Christ, I'm a brand new person. My old life is gone and everything is new. I'm using that verse as my confession. And that needs to get into your spirit. Let that get into your spirit. Because I'm in Christ, I'm a brand new person. My old life doesn't even exist anymore. Think about the power of that. Say, but brother, you don't know what I did. You don't know how I lived. You don't know where I came from. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. You know, it's so powerful to understand that the Bible declares that Christ, he literally took your iniquities and he removed them from you as far as the East is from the West. He, he cast your sins into the sea of forgetfulness to be remembered no more. I always try to encourage people, if God doesn't even remember your sins, why would you? Why would you? No, say it like this. I'm a brand new person and my old life doesn't even exist anymore. 2 Corinthians 5.17, my old life doesn't even exist. And the devil comes, yeah, but you remember you used to this. You really think God's going to use you? You really think God's going to bless you? Look at all you've done. Look, look, look where you came from. Look at those mistakes you made. Look at all those mistakes you made. You really think God doesn't know that? You think he really is forgiven? And then people sit there and think, am I really forgiven? Yes. You're not only forgiven, it's forgotten. Hallelujah. You're not just forgiven, it's forgotten. It's forgotten. The old life is gone. And behold, a new life has begun. <laughs> you need to say that one on a daily bit. Thank you, Lord. I'm a brand new person and my old life doesn't even exist. That way, see, because here's what happens. And I've taught on this. If you don't have that mindset, then guilt and shame will fill your mindset. They will. It's just there's no doubt about it. There's not going to be a void. It'll be one or the other. So what will happen to you is if I don't cultivate this new creation reality mindset, no question about it, the devil will fill that void with guilt and shame about your past. And then what happens is, when we're supposed to be boldly approaching the throne of grace to pray, to find help in the time of need, we can't. We can't boldly approach the throne because we've been led to believe we're unworthy to have a relationship with God. I, I would encourage every person watching me right now to go back. I don't normally do this, but I would tell you it was so significant yesterday. I would encourage every person watching or listening to me to go back and watch yesterday's Sunday morning service message, the five uncommon treasures that are released by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. That will shake you to the core. It'll shake you to the core. And uh, I, would, I would go back to watch yesterday's service. And if you're watching this in the future or listening in the future on the podcast, 
It's the August 6th, 2023 Sunday service from Miracle Word Church. That's that's number two. Number three, go with me to Romans chapter eight. Third confession that you need to, these things, confess daily. Confess daily. Romans chapter eight and verse number 11. Listen to this. You know this verse very well. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So you've got the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead dwelling in your body. So here's your confession. The Holy Spirit is strengthening my body today. You could even say it this way. Resurrection power is strengthening my body today. Declare it out of your mouth. Resurrection power is strengthening my body today. Hallelujah. Why? Because that power lives in you and is quickening. That's a word we don't use often anymore. Giving life to, one translation, startling, making alive your physical body. Resurrection power is strengthening my body today. Confess, you know, say it right now. Say it now. Out of your own mouth. Resurrection power is strengthening my body today. Hallelujah. So I feel weak. Don't say I feel weak. Don't say, oh, weak. No, I feel, I've been feeling weak these, these last few weeks. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. I'll tell you another thing. When I was in Bible school, I was uh, getting irritated because I worked a third shift job and then I'd have to come into class. And uh, after working an eight and a half hour shift, I'd come in and uh, I'd find myself, my body just couldn't regulate um, that time schedule for some reason. It's like, it just, it just would never adapt to the overnight work. And I'd come into class in the morning and I'd be so tired. I'd be so sleepy. And it was, it was at that time I was specifically taking a class that Brother Hagen was teaching himself. He was there. And I'm thinking, you know, this, this is the reason that we come here to, to receive from uh, Dad Hagen and, and, and everything. And I, I didn't want to be a poor steward of what God was giving me access to. And I got so irritated, man. I came into class and I found myself multiple times. Brother Hagen would be teaching and I'd find myself do do dozing off, you know, in class because I've been up, I've been up forever. And I got the class that I'd, I'd pop back awake and I get so mad. I didn't come to this school to work a job. I came to this school to receive from the man of God. And uh, I was walking to my car one day after classes were done. And uh, <clears throat> I was just talking to the Lord. I said, you know, I'm irritated about this. I didn't come here to work a job, but I, I know I need to work or I'm not going to eat. You got to work. I'm not going to be lazy. I said, but Lord, I don't want to miss out on these things he's teaching in these classes. You know, I'm here to receive from him. And uh, I said, I need you to help me. I need you to help me. And um, <clears throat> this is really all I heard back in response from the Holy Spirit. He just said, in my spirit, Romans 8, 11. 
<laughs> that's what I'm talking about with you right now. That's all I heard right in my belly. Romans 8, 11. Well, I didn't have to wonder. I knew already what that verse said. The same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead dwells in you and quickens, makes alive, startles your mortal physical body from that day. I employed this as a confession that from that day, I employed this as a confession. And I began to say it. Thank you, Lord, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And right now, I'd say going into class, right now, you're quickening my physical body. You're strengthening my, my mortal body. You're making alive my mortal body. Can I tell you, as I just begin to say that, I mean energy like you wouldn't imagine. I was so full of energy. I came in bouncing like I'd had nine espresso shots, just like bouncing around. People were wondering, well, how'd you get so much energy? I mean, literally, I was just so full. What is it? That's Holy Ghost power. That's resurrection power. I didn't have any espresso shots. It's not because I drank an energy drink before I went to class. I began to speak it out of my mouth. I got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in me. And right now, he's strengthening my mortal body. And I want to encourage you, confess it daily. Resurrection power is strengthening my physical body. Say it. So well, I don't feel strengthened, brother. Who cares how you feel? Who cares what you've gotten on a diagnosis? Who cares? Any? I'm up, you don't know. I'm, I'm getting older. I'm getting up there, brother. We're not all, we don't all have the same energy as you. I, it's not about age. It's not about age. Begin to speak it. The same spirit, the resurrection power that lives in me is doing what? Is right now strengthening, quickening my physical body. Hallelujah. All right. Number uh, four. Here's another one. Not just energy, not just strength, but here's another one. Number four. You ready? Say this daily. Healing virtue is flowing through my body. Say that. Put it in the comments. Healing virtue is flowing through my body. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Right now, healing virtue is flowing through my body by the power of the Holy Ghost. There's people watching me right now. The enemies tried to attack your physical body with sickness, disease, weakness. You've suffered an accident, but you declare it. Healing virtue is flowing through my body right now. Right now. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24 is the basis of our confession. He himself, speaking of Christ, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. The ESV says it this way. By his wounds, you have been healed. And so, yes, you're going to get the PDF this week. It's going to be on the website. His wounds, his stripes purchased your healing. You're not going to be healed. He already healed you. So what are we saying? We're declaring it by faith. Healing virtue is flowing through my body today. Hallelujah. Healing virtue is flowing through my body today in Jesus' name. Whew, glory to God.
I feel it right now. Healing virtues flowing through your body, right where you're watching this, right where you're listening to this. Healing virtues flowing through your body today in the name of Jesus Christ. It's our confession. It's our inheritance through the blood of Jesus. That's part of our inheritance. Glory to God. So put it in your notes, 1 Peter 2.24. Again, all of these things will be available in the PDF as we give them to you at the end of the week. Number five, you ready? Go with me to Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs four, one of my favorite Proverbs, and verse 18. This is number five, Proverbs 4.18. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Morning, Nancy. Look at this. The path of the righteous. Well, that's your path. Now, when this was written, there was no um, redemption through Jesus Christ. He hadn't come in the flesh yet when Proverbs was written. But now we are living in a time where Christ has come and redeemed us, ascended into heaven, been seated on the throne, and sent the Holy Spirit. So I want you to get this. The path of the righteous, that's your path, that's my path, is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter. What's the writer of Proverbs saying here? Your path as a righteous person is getting brighter and brighter. That means the path of your life. That means your life is getting brighter. So here is my confession number five. As I follow Christ, my life is getting better every day. As I follow Christ, my life is getting better every day. I can tell you that that's been my story. It's not ups and downs. It's not roller coaster Christianity. As I follow Christ, there is the key right there. There's the key. As I follow Christ, as I'm obedient to his word, that's vital. As I'm obedient to his word, I can't just do whatever I want and my life get better every day. No, the key is, as I follow Christ, the path of the righteous, the path of the just, that's obedience to Christ. As I follow Christ, my life is getting better every day. Every day. So are you really one of those people that believes that, you know, life can get better every single day? I mean, I feel like that's a pipe dream. No, I, I'm one of those people that believes as you follow Christ, your life will get better every day. How can David say in the Old Testament, the Lord is my shepherd, I will not lack. How can he say that? Even in an Old Testament context, because he understood that if you let the Lord guide you, if the Lord's your shepherd, you'll not lack for any good thing. Not any good thing. No. As I follow Christ, my life is getting better daily, daily, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Number six, here's a powerful one that ties right in. Go to Romans chapter six, and we'll look at um, verse 14. Romans, good morning, Orlando. There's my friend, Pastor Joe Spence in the house. My life is getting better daily. Number six, we're in Romans chapter six, 
and uh, verse 14. Very, very powerful confession for people to understand. You ready for this? I'll read the verse first, then we'll give the confession. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you're not under law, but under grace. Sixth confession, you guys say it on a daily basis, sin has no control over me. Sin has no control over me. Glory to God. Sin has no control over me. You know, as people say, well, brother, you know, and I dealt with this on Sunday. I can't handle this. I can't stand hearing people say, well, brother, we're just old sinners saved by grace. Speak for yourself. I'm not some old sinner saved by grace. We already declared it. I'm a new person. I'm a new creation. That was confession number two. I'm not an old sinner saved by grace. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Well, brother, we sin every day and can, and we repent every night. You don't have to. It, people talk like there's no way around sin. I, I mean, literally, people talk like that. Like there's no way around sin. We're all just going to sin. There's just no way around it. Nobody preaches on the fact that you can live a life that is totally and utterly free from sin. So that's not possible, brother. You're giving people false hope if you're teaching that because we're all just sinners. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. You're not giving people false hope if you teach them that you can live a life free from sin. I mean, Jesus hadn't even died yet. And you know what he told the man that he healed from the mat? Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. He just empowered that man to never sin again if the man would accept it and do it. He empowered him to do it. And here Paul's telling us very clearly, sin shall no longer have dominion over you since you're not under law, but under grace. And I want you to make that declaration. Sin has no control over me. Sin has no control over you, over me. Amen. That's right, Veronica. Sin is an option. It's a choice. It doesn't have control. Now, it's. It, I'm not telling you it's impossible for Christians to sin. Otherwise, there'd be no... Uh, there would be no command to repent if you have sinned. But just because it's possible to sin doesn't mean that you're forced to sin. Two very different things. People under the old covenant, they couldn't help themselves. They didn't have a way to live free from sin. They didn't have a way to do that. That's why they had to go through everything they went through. But now we're not bound to sin. We have power over sin power over the devil, and sin has no control over me. All right, John, go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 14, and verse 21. You know this one. This is one of my favorites. This is one of my favorites. Either um, there was a misspelling on Susie's post in the comments, or she's just believing to never have a suntan again, for she said, son, the sun has no dominion over me. Well, 
then you have to use plenty of plenty plenty of sunblock. Sun has no dominion over me. Um, sin. Look at this now. <laughs> Number I know. Number seven. John 14, 21. Whoever has, this is Jesus speaking, by the way. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him, and watch this, and manifest myself to him. There it is. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them. That's holiness. That's righteousness. It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. So say this with me. This is number seven. Because of my obedience, I receive the manifestations of Christ today and every day. Because of my obedience, I receive the manifestations of Christ today and every day. In Jesus' name. That's a powerful thought. I mean, when Christ shows up and manifests himself to you and to your life, things are getting ready to rapidly change. So your confession, see, that's Jesus promised it in John 14, 21. He would manifest himself to anyone who has his commandments and keeps them. So our confession because of my obedience, I receive the manifestations of Christ today and every day in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm not expecting to go through today without receiving the manifestations of Christ. I do not expect today to come to an end without me receiving the manifestations of Christ. Impossible. Absolutely impossible. I will receive it. I receive his peace. I receive his joy. I receive his comfort. I receive healing. I receive everything he's got for me. His promotion, his blessing, his provision, his favor. Everything he's got for me. Everything he's got for me. Number eight. Psalm 23. Let's jump back to Psalm 23. The final verse in the psalm. The verse says this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Number eight, number eight goodness and mercy are following me everywhere I go because the Lord is my shepherd. That's confession number eight. Goodness and mercy are following me everywhere I go because the Lord is my shepherd. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Goodness and mercy are following me everywhere I go, because the Lord is my shepherd. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever you go, you know, people are like, well, the devil's after me, brother. He's been chasing me. Stop saying that. Quit confessing that. I'm, I'm, I'm chasing him. I'm tearing his kingdom down. I'm going after him. He's not coming after me. I'm going after him. You know what's coming after me and you? Goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. Goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. And you're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's number eight. You need to declare it. 
Goodness and mercy are following me everywhere I go because the Lord's my shepherd. He's not going to lead you. The Lord's not going to lead you in a direction where goodness and mercy stop following you. No. Remember what he leads you to. He leads you beside still waters, makes you lie down in green pastures, restores your soul, makes your cup run over, prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies, right? All of these things. You realize he's leading you in a path that causes you to be blessed. And goodness and mercy are following you everywhere you go because the Lord's your shepherd. Number nine, I read this verse to you at the beginning, but this needs to be a daily confession. My wife said something to me, uh, I believe it was yesterday, because we've been confessing this for a while, but she said something. She said, this confession is just hitting different this year. It's hitting different in 2023. And that confession is this, I have a spirit of faith. I have a spirit of faith. What do we read at the beginning? 2 Corinthians 4.13, the apostle wrote, uh, we believe, as it is written, we believe, therefore we speak. We also believe, and therefore we also speak. Why? For we have the same spirit of faith. And so we're declaring that. I have a spirit of faith. I have a spirit of faith. Hallelujah. I've got a spirit of faith. I've got a spirit of faith. Thank you, Jesus I've got a spirit of faith. And that's our confession in Jesus' name. I've got a spirit of faith based on that scripture. We have the same spirit of faith as it is written. We believe, therefore we speak. And I want you to say that daily. You don't have a spirit of fear or heaviness or none of that. You've got a spirit of faith. Makes a difference to have that. You have the spirit of faith. Glory to God. And it is hitting different this year. It is different than it's ever been. Something is happening as we declare, I've got a spirit of faith. Amen. I got a spirit of faith. Let me give you number 10. Second thing we've been saying. <clears throat> this is number 10 for today. Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews one, verse nine. Now this is speaking of Jesus, but don't forget you have uh, Christ living in you. You have Christ living in you, the hope of glory. Amen, Erica. And, the, and our song should be coming out this week on all streaming platforms, The Spirit of Faith, that I wrote at camp meeting. There's a spirit of faith in the air. It should be dropping on all platforms this week. Number 10 is found from Hebrews 1, 9, speaking about Jesus. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness, hallelujah, beyond your companions. There's an oil of gladness. You know what that is? That's the anointing of joy. <laughs> You've got the anointing of joy. You've got the anointing of joy. Thank you, Jesus the anointing of joy. And I want you to say it. This is the confession. I walk in the anointing of joy. Heaviness cannot reside in me. I walk in the anointing of joy. Heaviness cannot reside in me. Glory to God. 
<laughs> hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I walk in the anointing of joy and heaviness cannot reside in me. It's not allowed. It's not allowed to. It is not allowed to. Heaviness has to loosen, let you go. Has to run from your house. Anxiety, panic, heaviness, depression, all of it. Suicidal thought. They're running from you. Why? You've got a spirit of faith and you walk in the anointing of joy. Hallelujah. You walk in the anointing of joy. I want you to put that in the comments today. I walk in the anointing of joy. I walk in the anointing of joy. I'm giving you 50 life-changing confessions that you must speak this week. I'm taking this week to do it. It's worth doing. This is a very important topic because more, more people I get around, the more people I see that are supposed to be Holy Ghost-filled, faith Christians have compromised their confession. I can't believe some of the things I'm hearing. And so we need to get this. And I'm going to help you by providing for you. And then, as I said, uh, with the PDF as well, I'm going to give you the PDF of all 50 confessions that you can keep. It'll have the scriptures included. And who knows, later we may do a book, 101 confessions, maybe a some sort of a de devotional or journal. It'll help you because you got to have your, You can. I'll say it again, you'll never rise higher than your faith confession. Never. Never. You'll never. You're, the manifestations of your faith will never go beyond your personal confession. What you say, ever. That's why the devil wants to keep you talking small. You know, that's that's why they had to wander through the wilderness in the Old Testament for 40 years because people came back and started to say, there's giants in the land and we're grasshoppers in their sight and we're grasshoppers in our own sight. That's a problem. That's a problem if you're a grasshopper in your own sight. It means you don't believe God's word. And so we have to keep an eye on our confession. Hold fast to the profession of your faith. That's what the Bible says. Hold fast to the profession of your faith. Father, I pray that you'd put a supernatural conviction inside every one of us so that when anything that contradicts your word comes out of our mouth, it would immediately prick our spirit to know that's, oh, I, that's not something I say. I shouldn't say that. I take that back. And then begin to speak what the word of God does say. Put a supernatural confession and conviction in every one of us to speak only what you say, to speak what your word says in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you that you're doing that for us, Lord. I give you praise that you're doing that for us. We give you glory and we give you honor for it in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.